So that's from the Jesus Storybook Bible. We love the Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh, if you have kids or grandkids and don't have a copy of this, you should get a copy of it. It's fantastic. Um, today, we continue our Characters of Christmas sermon series. And we will continue by taking a look at the character who is the center of it all. Today, we're going to look at the child in the manger. The one that John the Baptist was going to prepare the way for. The one that was promised to Mary and to Joseph. We're going to look at a familiar text for most of us about the birth of Jesus. So turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Our sermon is titled, Jesus the Savior of the World. I'm going to read verses 7 through 14 from Luke to pray for us. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock, over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth, And lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your son, the gift of Jesus and salvation that is available in him and hope, and peace, and joy. Help us remember. Help us put away distractions now with the busyness that comes with the season and all of the things that have to be finished before tomorrow. Help us pause and remember why it is we celebrate. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I love what Sally Lloyd-Jones writes at the start of the Jesus Storybook Bible. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, his everything, to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story, the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story. And at the center of the story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He's like the missing piece in a puzzle. The piece that makes all the other 
pieces fit together and suddenly you can see a beautiful picture. And this is no ordinary baby. This is the child upon whom everything would depend. As we look at our text today from Luke 2, and we'll look at some of the other passages from Matthew, some verses from Matthew that we've already looked at in this sermon series, I want us to answer four important questions about this child. The child that was born over 2,000 years ago that shaped the world and who we still celebrate and how we answer those is of eternal importance. And so we're going to look at what Scripture teaches us. The first question that we're going to look at is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And so, we've already taken a look at some of the details about the child when he was promised, when he was promised to Zechariah, when he was promised to Mary, when he was promised to Joseph. I'm going to jump back to Luke 1.35 for one of those references. Gabriel was announcing to Mary that she was going to have a child, and Mary asked for clarification, how can this be so? How is this going to come about? Because I haven't been with a man. And in Luke one thirty-five, we hear this. The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Son of God, or in Trinitarian terms, which we would use, God the Son. The angel says, this child is coming into this world in a, in a miraculous way that is caused by God. God himself is going to cause you to carry and bring this child into this world. And because that is the case... This child will be called the Son of God. We know in Jesus' ministry, God the Father calls Jesus His Son, both at His baptism and at the transfiguration. He says, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. Scripture teaches us also that Jesus reveals the Father, that it's through God the Son, putting on flesh and coming and living the life that He lived. He reveals God the Father to us. And because of all of those things, that's why Matthew's Gospel makes that connection to the promise from Isaiah. And so we'll look at the Matthew passage, Matthew 1. We saw this last week when we were looking at uh, the story of Joseph. But in Matthew 1 and 23, quoting from Isaiah 7, Matthew writes, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. God is with us. Imagine that, that God would love the world so much that he would actually put on flesh and come and live among us in order to rescue us. So the next thing that we'll see, first, the the answer from these two passages, who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. And now we're going to turn to the announcement from the angel 
in Luke 2 to continue looking at the question of who is Jesus. So Luke 2 and verse 11. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. The angel's announcement to the shepherds out in the fields gives us three answers to the question of who is Jesus. So the first answer is Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. The people of faith had been waiting all along for the one to come that's going to finally right all the wrongs. That's going to save them from their sins. It's going to save God's people and accomplish everything that God had wanted them to. The one that God had promised all the way back in the garden who was going to crush the head of the serpent. The one that God had been promising to his people throughout their history. And the angel's announcement to the shepherds in the fields was, he's here. He's finally come. The one that you've been longing for is here, the savior of the world. The second Thing that the announcement from the angels tells us about this child that was born is Jesus is the Messiah. Or some of your translations may say the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. That means the anointed one. Now throughout God's, throughout the history of God's people, different individuals had been anointed for specific tasks. That God had for them. Prophets, priests, and kings were anointed for special things that God was calling them to. But Scripture also started to promise an anointed one, an ultimate anointed one, an ultimate Messiah or Christ who was going to come and was going to finally accomplish everything for his people. That God had wanted to accomplish. And so the announcement from the angels is Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one. He's finally come. And lastly, today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. The last thing we see about who is Jesus. Jesus is the Lord, meaning ruler. Of course, Lord is also one of the most common terms used for God himself because God rules over all the created world because he created all things. And this child who was born is the Lord. He's the promised king from David's line. And as the creator of all things... He rules over all things. He is the Lord over all. Colossians tells us that it's through Jesus that all things were created and all things hold together. Jesus is the Lord. So the announcement from the angel is that this is the Savior of the world. This is the Messiah. This is the Lord. The Son of God has come to accomplish all of these things, the one that they've been longing for from the beginning. 
The next question that we're going to ask about this child and his birth is why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? So the Son of God putting on flesh and coming to walk among men, men who had rebelled against God. Why would the Son of God come? The angel announced it to Joseph. We saw it last week of why Jesus was coming. And so in Matthew 1 and verse 21, we see this. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will save His people from their sins. We talked about this last week when we went through the text from Matthew 1, looking at Joseph. But the angel's announcement to Joseph is you're going to name him Jesus. Jesus is the Greek version of the Hebrew name Joshua. The Lord is salvation. You're to name him the Lord is salvation because he's going to save his people from their sins. That was his mission. That's why he was coming. People had rebelled against God, and God, instead of casting off humanity, took on flesh himself and God the Son and came in order to save us, came to complete the rescue plan that he had started before the foundation of the world. In Jesus' ministry, he told us also that this is why he was coming. In Luke chapter 19, uh, when Jesus visits Zacchaeus in his house, Jesus states this in verse 10, For the Son of Man, that's, he's speaking of himself, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. He came in order to seek out that which was lost and to save it. So why did Jesus come? Well, these two texts tell us that Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came to save sinners. This child, who was the Son of God, was the promised Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, who came to save sinners. He's why we rejoice. He's why we can rejoice at Christmas. And our third question then, if he came to save sinners, is to ask, who did Jesus come for? Right? Specifically, who did he come for? If he came to save sinners, we need to determine who's included in that. And we look at verse uh, verse 10 and 11 from Luke 2. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born For you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This is good news. The birth of this child was good news. It's great joy for who? The text tells us for all the people. 
Every single person, this is good news that God himself put on flesh and came and lived among us in order to save sinners from their sins. It's good news for us all. The angel's announcement was the Savior was born for you. He was born for you. Well, who's included in the you? Everyone. Jesus came for every single person because every single person is a sinner. Scripture teaches us that. We have all sinned and rebelled against a holy God. And God sent His Son Jesus for us, for you and for me, to save sinners just like you. And just like me, and of course, our temptation is one of two, uh, our incorrect temptation, one of two directions is either one to assume I don't need a savior. I'm pretty good compared to most people. I do a pretty good job. I try to help people out. I try to be nice I've done lots of good things and I haven't done some really bad things, so I don't really need a Savior. Or the other extreme that we might take is to assume that He couldn't save someone like us. Someone who's done some things like us. Someone who's ignored Him as long as we have. Someone who's, who walks in guilt and shame over things from the past. And both of those are incorrect responses to how we think about who Jesus came for because the announcement is good news for all of us. Every single one of us. We can't assume God wouldn't waste His time for someone like you and someone like me thinking maybe I'm too sinful or uh, it's too late for someone like me. One of the reasons, one of the purposes of walking through the characters of Christmas, if you've been here and we've been looking at the different individuals uh, connected to the Christmas story, one of the purposes of us looking at Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph in these last few weeks was to help us realize those characters in the Christmas story point us to the reality that Jesus came for regular people like you and me. He didn't just come for the significant. He didn't just come for the ones who had their life pretty much together and just needed a little bit of a boost to get over the hump. He came for the insignificant. He came for the doubters. He came for the ordinary people, the vulnerable people. He came for every single one of us because every single one of us needs a Savior. He came for sinners like you and me. For the lost. He came for all the people because He was Savior for all the world. Acts actually tells us, the book of Acts tells us, there is salvation in no other name. It's only through Jesus that we can be saved. And since He came for sinners like you and me, He came for everyone, and He is the only way for us to be saved, that leads us to our final question, which is the most important for our uh, understanding. And that question is, how should we respond? 
So if the Son of God, who is the Savior, the Messiah, and the Lord, came to save sinners, every sinner like you and me, how should we respond to Jesus? First, I want us to look at a familiar verse for many of us. John 3.16 For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God's gift to this broken, sinful world was to send His Son. And the text tells us what to do with that gift. We believe Whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting or eternal life. So how should we respond to Jesus? First, we respond by believing in him. We should believe in Jesus. And then we'll look back at Luke chapter 2 again for our next response. Verse 13 and 14. Suddenly, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. Because of the good news of Jesus, because of the peace that God has given to us through Jesus, we respond in praise. How do we respond to Jesus? We should praise God. Because he was willing to send his son for people like you and me. Our lives should be lives of praise because of this gift of God the Son coming to rescue people like you and me. How should we respond? We respond by believing and we respond by praising God. Today, we're reminded in this story... In the narratives about the birth of Jesus, of the good news, the really good news of great joy for all the people, which is God sent His Son for us. God loved us enough to send Jesus for us. And if you don't know Him, if you have not believed in this child I urge you to consider this truth today. We confess these things as true. That the Son of God came and He lived a perfectly obedient life and then died in our place. And that God, in order to save us, says all you have to do to receive the forgiveness of sins, all you have to do in order to be saved is to believe in Him. And so I would love to have an opportunity to talk with you about that. If you have questions uh, about salvation, if you have questions about forgiveness, uh, it is the best news that you could hear and believe. And so if you want to talk, please see me or one of our ministry leaders or elders after the service. We would love to share the gospel with you. And church, for us, what good news. Amen? What good news for us. What an encouragement To remember again in a world that is so broken and hurting. To remember the depth of God's love. 
He loved us so much that Jesus actually took on flesh to come and save us, became one of us so that he could bring us to God. So let us remember, let us rejoice, let us praise God for this good news and let us rest in peace that he has purchased for us. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of your son. Help us continue to believe and live in awe of the depth of your love for a bunch of sinners like us. Help us respond accordingly with lives of praise as people who have received this gift. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.